another dark insight it is episode 108 i believe although we did stop counting for a minute there but this is where we're at um and as you know i'm i'm your host vader van odin and today i have a very special uh, announcement i am joined by the mercenary of podcasts who has taken payment and cake for this for joining us uh we have Stuart cullen welcome all right Welcome. How are you doing? Uh, thank you. It's very comfortable. Long time listener, first time caller. Um, yes, somewhat of a fan. And when I saw the the flare, the beacon call upon talent, <laughs> the bet signal, all the good talent was elsewhere, and uh, I was the Robin to the Justice League, as they say. <laughs> and I was, <laughs> I wanted my moment in the limelight. <laughs> and we paid you in cake. Well, not yet. Yes, the promise of cake. Of even worse, cake. it's just the promise of cake. <laughs> but that's enough. It's enough for me, you know what I mean? Not even a description of what the cake contains. Could be banana loaf, could be Victoria sponge, who knows? It could be whatever you want. My specialty is chocolate. <laughs> well, you know, but I, I can't say been, no to a good, a good chocolate cake. I have been known to devil in other flavours. <laughs> it's a sponge, it's great. Generally, I'm not a fan of sponges, but some people just seem to love them. I don't know, I need to be in the mood for a, a, a true sponge. Um... I'm, a, I'm more a muffin man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the muffin man. Uh, muffin cupcakes, you know. I'm uh, c- Christ, I'll eat, any- I'll eat anything. Just, just put it in front of me. I'll eat it. <laughs> Good. Let's get icing and a cherry on it. I'll eat it. It'll be fine. Nice. Well, since it's been a long time since we've recorded. Uh, so in my spare time uh, of not recording podcasts, I've been dabbling in making different types of desserts. Uh, did you <laughs> okay. see any of those on Twitter that I've shared? Um, no, um, uh, to my ailment, no, I've missed, I've missed this well, saga, me, this saga. Uh, let me describe one of them because it was pretty decadent, you might say. Uh, uh, instead of making one dessert, me and my wife decided to combine multiple together. So we, we started with a chocolate chip brioche bun. Right. Uh, then we hollowed that out. So we made a cup out of it, you could say. Filled yeah, that with a vessel. A vessel, yes. We filled that with creme brulee. Okay, I, I feel I can feel the gout coming <laughs> in right this minute. Like we're not even halfway there, and I can feel my foot hurting. Uh, and then we took the because creme brulee is made with egg yolks. So then we had some spare mm-hmm. egg whites. So we took the egg whites and made a, a, meringue. a meringue. And then we just going to turn into kind of back back to Alaska style the device. It has that kind of element, I guess. And then we your pipes a generous lashing of um, meringue on top, and then toasted that with a, a chef's torch. Nice. And then topped it with because you got to have the um, caramelized sugar for the creme brulee with a, a caramelized sugar decoration. Did the doctor arrive with paramedics before or after the caramelized sugar was finished? Well, I can say I've had 
it, we've made it twice. Did you sign a waiver? Was that, that's what I was also going to say. Did you <laughs> print the waivers off? It comes, with a, I mean? it comes with a contract saying that you forfeit your life. Um, no, <laughs> I've had it twice. I've made it. Uh, we and made, you've survived. I have survived. <laughs> uh, it was requested with a family gathering a few weeks after inventing this dessert. And it was requested by out of town family who were visiting. So we made it for them. And, and was, they survived. And they survived. Certain people had two or three helpings, so... It's not bad. Yeah. And see, so you need to go into the market now and get wee mini ones and make individual ones. Just bite-sized so size. Bite-sized. So about the individual, in, individual desserts, I mean individual fruit trifle. It's, that's that's where your money's at, oh, you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> and have the big one in the middle with the centre, centrepiece. Yep. Stick a couple of sparklers in it. <laughs> so, I don't know, do I t- did I tempt you with my, my dessert? Uh, other than my foot hurting just from the, the notion uh, and my hod in my chest, I'm, I'm, I'm there. You've got me, you know what I mean? It's actually not too too bad because we reduced the sugar in the meringue just so it wasn't too sweet at the top. Um, and there isn't that much sugar in the brioche. So it kinda, it's like kind of saying we took out the butter for margarine. It's like, man, it's, I mean, the small. Small changes in the bigger scheme of things. Trust me, it's better. <laughs> I don't know, margarine's worse for you, so butter's better. We're all going the one way anyway, aren't we? We might as well enjoy the trip. Exactly. Enjoy it while we while we've got it. That's a true that's a true alcoholic. <laughs> that's a true alcoholic looking life in it. I'm here for a good time, not a long time. Well I'm excited to dark. Be- yeah, did. <laughs> I'm excited to be back and I'm excited to have you here. Uh with with We've been Twitter followers and loose acquaintances for a few years now, I think. Yeah, since I think, uh, since I, 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 I did a wee piece on your fine, this fine podcast as I look around the, the rafters of yield podcast. Uh, yeah, since I did my wee, my wee spotlight on you guys, oh, maybe two years ago, maybe? Yep, I, pro- I can pull it out actually and tell you if you'd like, because I, Richard from We're Not Wizards... Um, see, see, Scottish guys are the best guys. He, he sent it halfway around the world. Halfway. This is like I'm sure this is as far as you can get. Like to be honest, don't know. I've had copy sent to Japan, so Japan's a lot closer. Uh, well, we're, you're both a long way away. <laughs> um, and I guess it's further in the language, maybe. But New Zealand's pretty yeah. far as as it goes. Well, we don't need a translator. Well. I'm saying we don't need a translator. I'm holding back my native tongue, so <laughs> we're okay. But usually, like, trust me, I, I, one of the most awkward things I've ever done is I did an interview with myself, one of the the head producer of Soul Calibur, his translator, and a PR person. And it turned out that I said something, and the translator didn't understand me because it was that Scottish. So the PR person had to translate my Scottish to him <laughs> in English to translate to the producer of Soul Calibur Six. That was awkward. Um, fun, but awkward. As he sits back and he thinks, yeah, that was really funny at the time where I sweat buckets when she's like, what do you mean? You're a translator. You're meant to know what I'm saying. <laughs> translate, what woman, you, translate. What do you mean you don't know Scottish? <laughs> yes. What do you mean you don't know when I say Gera? I mean Gera, out from The Witcher 3. I mean, big Gera, big guy, white guy, rides a horse called what? A roach, you know what I mean? Big guy with a sword, kills monsters. Who's Who's this? I mean... Big guy, big white guy with white hair, Henny Cavill. No, no, no. Yeah, that's that was an that was an episode. <laughs> I bet it is. Well, it's funny we mentioned Richard so 
early because I was going to go through two ways of introducing you. I was just umming and ahhing about. One was going to be Richard 2.0. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure you'll love that. <laughs> or I was going to go with the the mercenary paid for cakes, and I went with the mercenary paid for cakes. Yeah, I like being the, the mercenary who um, just turns up for cake. So there you go. And cake and killing. Since that's that's since you brought up the, uh, a bit about what you do, why don't you tell us more about yourself? Since you're new, new and shiny around here, before you become old hat and part of the furniture. Um, yeah, I um. From Scotland, I work for, as we may not have known, <laughs> but um, for Scotland, I work for a national newspaper in Scotland. Um, part of that job is as a games journalist. So I do a lot of things which a Scottish newspaper really shouldn't be able to do. So I've interviewed a lot of legends in the industry, I've reviewed a lot of great games, I've been able to go to a lot of great events, um, and I've worked my ass off to do it all, which as you would imagine. Basically, they went, here's the keys, build your kingdom. So, yeah, um, I'm a bit seasoned, as they say. Uh, I know most people. What kind of seasoning do you like to people. use? Paprika? Pepper, salt pepper? Oh, curry? I'm more a cardamom. I'm a cardamom ah, kind of guy. Okay, nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> um, so yeah, if there's a game, I've, odds are I've played it, heard about it, or enjoyed it. Um, or, or hated yeah, it. Yeah, just general general love of gaming, you know. Good. I'm not that I'm not I'm not at that point in my career where it's, I'm, I'm all bitter and I hate everything. I'm very much at the point where I'm like a child in a sweetie shop. <gasps> oh, that one, that one, that one, <gasps> that one. And I have fanboyed a lot during a lot of interviews <laughs> with a lot of people. Cliffy B, Suda fifty one, those guys got full blown fanboyism with jazz hands and everything thrown at them. Yes, I had Coffee B say he was going to crush my skull if I said esports one more time. It was daunting, <laughs> but fun. And then he ended up on Broadway, so, you know what I mean? It's, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Awesome. So I'm sure we'll have lots of stories that you'd better share as we go forward. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm more than open to for a for, for, for a, a look behind the Iron Curtain, or the Tartan Curtain, as I like to call it. <laughs> Also, I want to kind of comment. Um, I'm impressed with the caliber you pull out for a newspaper. Like, newspaper and, like, your mainstream media outlets here that cover games is usually very bad. But you do a really good job. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's kind of the whole, here's the keys, because I am under no illusion when the time... I, like, I worked at the company for... I've worked at the company for about... 10 years now, just over or under, and the first five, six years of that was me spent going, he, I really like video games, walking about with my Battlefield free bag and wearing gaming t-shirts <laughs> from uniform days, and trying to get them to go, hey, would you like to write about games? Um, and then when they gave me the keys, I was like, right, we can do two things here, we can either be lazy and just do throwaway reviews and never think about it, or we can actually pretend it's a really high-end magazine and we swing that axe with the weight and yeah I really pride myself on being able to but that's what I said where we do things that we shouldn't be able to do is because I, I really try and like it's insane to think you could pick up a paper and read about like uh read an interview with a Japanese developer about an advanced war uh an advanced war clone game do you know what I mean or read about Wolfenstein too, or read about all these different things within the, in between reading the local sport and who's doing what in soaps. You know, it's it's a bit insane. It's very as cool. I say, 
Yeah, because the argument is as well is like any gaming press is very targeted as as well. You know, if you like, I'm sure you're the same. If you go into a supermarket and stuff, you pick up a, the, the the latest edition of Game Informer or Edge or something. That's very much marketed to us because that's your thing. But the idea that a a child at the age of five can pick up the paper and find it, or a ninety year old could pick up the paper and find it kind of blows my mind when I think about it is like wow I've I've brought the term roguelike to these age, this age group <laughs> and everything in between do you know it's 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 really crazy when you you sit back and you go oh okay it's very impressive and it's um something to be uh, yeah you should definitely be proud of it because as I yeah. say main, mainstream media game stuff it's so eye-rolling mm-hmm. like and then there's the the, the, usually, the other side, as usually. my editor says, like today's today's edition is tomorrow's chip paper. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's 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 literally it's gone in the wind. <laughs> so if you make a mess, nobody remembers. <laughs> yeah, but we don't make a mess ever, other than the time we called that guy Dave, which was a separate incident. That's right, Dave will forgive you. Uh, uh, but he wasn't called Dave. That was the problem. <laughs> I'm sure Dave will still forgive you. Um, well, he's now been called Dave, so that's that's the best. But <laughs> oh well, it's going to happen once. Yeah. You know what? I get called um, like James is like the most common name I get. Like Charles is my name. It's the most boring English. Well, it's actually French, but very English name now. But people always switch it to James. I don't know how or why, hmm. but James. I get called James all the time. I would probably if you were getting called James, I'd call you Jimmy. Well, which would be cooler. Yeah, I mean... My brother's middle so, name's James, and so he went. He tried going by Jimmy for a while because he was a huge fan of, or um, well, we both were, Jimmy the Hand from the Magician series. Um, yeah. Rafor Saga, Raymond Feist books. But yeah, and that, that's way off topic. But yeah, we all get called by different it's names. It's all about the journey. It's not how we get there. It's about <laughs> the journey to get there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's true. That's true. Um, yeah. Well, thanks for joining us again. I've said it a few times. Um, I'm excited to have you. I'm excited for your Not expertise. I'll, I'll take a piece at anybody's door. Um, <laughs> I, I'm glad you're willing to, to sell your soul to us um, feeble peasants, but we're glad to have oh, you. Oh, come on. We're all, we're all the same here. There's no, there's, no, there's no priorities here. Come on. Don't be selling. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, we kind of rattled off like 10 minutes the news over the last few weeks, and none of it really tickles the importance um, spot did it oh. no it is the summer and I, I argue there's a dr- people say there's a drought and I'll argue there isn't but yeah they're in the newscape right now there isn't much because we're pretty close to, we're eight days till Gamescom so the news is kind of drying up a little bit just as we lead into Gamescom in Germany yep. so it's quite sparse because yeah they saved the beginning well the funny thing is, is we'll stacking all the leaks now. <laughs> yeah, so all I, think, the, I think we'll... All the news will be old hat by the time it's news. Yeah. True, true. Though I, I, I wrote down, the only one that you read out, I wrote down was Need for Speed, because <laughs> I wanted to point out how excited I am that the turnaround from announcement to release is, is quite short. Yeah. Um, well... To put in context, EA did mention to their shareholders about the start of last year 
Yeah. Uh, the I, end of last year, sorry. The, the end of the last fiscal year, that there would be a new need for speed. But beyond that, we know nothing. Not a word. So it's been announced that the new need, the new this year's instalment will be shown at Gamescom. And it will be out, I'm speculating, October, November time. Because it will be out for this Christmas. Which is an incredibly short window for promoting a video game. Uh, especially in... This this is what I was saying when I was like kind of like, what video game treble A title for a powerhouse has had that short a window? You know, there's a few ways we can look at it. We could look at it as this is basically dead on arrival, and they're just pushing it out into no man's land to forget about it, or it's going to be a really intensified marketing campaign, which well, it's EA into it, so they've got the money to do it, you know. Yeah, I just yeah hope they actually I don't want to bring that up. Hope they don't pu- push the crunch too hard, like they're trying to force it to be released. Well, it's been in it's been in develop. I think it's been in development for a while because I, I would speculate as well. It's Ghost Games that are doing it, who are kind of the Need for Speed developers at the moment. They've done the last few titles. Um, we help for kind of the guys for Criterion because they were also or what's left of Criterion. Is they're also owned by EA, so I would I wouldn't imagine crunch is a major thing. I just think it's just what will it be uh, kind of set on? Will we begin back to the kind of ho ho melodrama, street racer, edgy kind of scene, or are we going to go racing, or are we are we going to rip off Fast and Furious again like the last one was, or why will, why will they not just give us a new hot pursuit where we can play cops and robbers when Ferraris and Zondas and Lamborghinis with our friends online? Just why? Yeah, I, I'm just excited that it's, it's a short window. Um, I like when studios do that. I hate the hype. Don't get me wrong, mm. certain things I do get excited for, but I like that to be a shorter window. Yeah, I think as well, I think, obviously, in hindsight, that's going to be available, well, EA Access is available now on the Xbox and mm. the PlayStation. That is so I imagine that'll play a... I think that'll play a a key role in this uh, season's campaign for them, you know, because technically Access gives you a 10-hour demo, depending on what game it is, to play, so I'm sure, like, all these big hitters will appear there, as they have in the past, you know, so that could be part of the, the ploy. Yes. Um, that is, I guess that is reasonably big news, because EA Access now on PS4. Because from mm-hmm. from what I remember, EA went to Sony and Sony were like, no. Yeah. And so they and then, went to Xbox. Well, they, yeah, and then Xbox did Games Pass and I think Sony's like, right, we need something to, to counter Games Pass in a kind of weird way. I know they've got PlayStation now. Is that available but, uh, in in Europe? Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, I think so. I think it's got like three hundred and eighty odd titles. For what I, I understand, I don't think it's available but here. It's a streaming thing, and it? it's no uh, on the Xbox. It's get the game, download the game, play the game. Yeah, whereas true. I think PlayStation now is streaming orientated, so it's it's kind of more steadier than it is Games Pass. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, well, actually, that's another big news. Um, I, I got rid of both my Xboxes yesterday. <laughs> you, I saw the tweet. I was going to ask, what was the outcome? I just, I just, that's shocking. Just got rid of them. I, I'm not 
I've been very let down by the consoles, to be honest. Um, I wanted to get them because I've usually been a Sony person. I want to get them to branch out and try exclusives. I I was excited for Scalebound, mm-hmm. and as you're well aware, we're all very disappointed. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and it's just exclusive after exclusive being cancelled or just being a letdown and boring uh i tried the game pass just never really found time to play any of the games it's nothing i was that interested in sea of thieves i hated <laughs> um, yep uh not alone i went got went back into it before my game pass expired a few months ago with my son and that was a bit more fun playing with him but like playing anything with him is more fun like it, yeah. it wasn't the game it was playing with him and getting up to shenanigans together and so we just finally made the decision to get rid of them just because it's just taking up room, drawing power for no reason. And they had a good special, to be I, honest. I, th- I got. I think Games Pass is really good, but see, uh, my argument is I think a, a machine with just Games Pass is a really handy thing to have, you know? Especially riding into the kind of silly season. Yep. Yeah, and like I, I, that's what made me am and are about it because I did. I could see the benefit. So what did you get for them? And so what did you get other than a bag of magic beans? Um, what did you? What did you walk away with? Uh, I, I think it's actually reasonably good. I got five hundred and forty dollars New Zealand. Were they both stock Xbox ones or were they X's? Or? Uh, X uh, one X. Uh, no one S's one or? S's. Yeah, sorry, Xbox. There's too yeah. many X's in the Xbox name. Xbox One S. Right. Uh, they had a special where you got an extra. Um, I got an extra ninety dollars on top of the normal trade-in price. Uh, to put it, it's not bad. Uh, a new Xbox One terabyte. I think you can get as low as three fifty to four hundred. Mm. So I, considering, I've owned four Xboxes over the life, and I've only paid for one of them. It's not bad. You play the good, you play the system well. Because I won so many of them. <laughs> well, you know, it's not a bad thing. Um, and I was given one, so like I've sold a couple in the past just to friends because um, I had excess, and so I think I've won out because the original one that was bought for me by my wife was only five hundred, and I got like five games mm. with it, and I got five forty back for these two. So oh, there you go. You can't complain, and you can always go and buy a new one. <laughs> well, yeah. When the time comes, um, but I just like people were saying that I should, I you know, shouldn't, but because you want to play games in the future, there's nothing on there that I want to play. Like, I think Gears is this year's big one. Uh, yes, That's what they're at. they're rallying the flag rounds, You know, I thought about that, um, and I'm not just, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to miss anything by playing Gears because every Gears game has been the same, and I've played the first four. At least in part. Yeah, well, I've played the I've played the the technical te- technical test for it, and it it, it plays different. It's kind of they've kind of took it and shook it up a wee bit, but they've not shook it up enough to make me go, "Wow, this is a reimagination of Gears of War." Um, so you had me excited there for a second because I was hoping that was four, but it wasn't. It was just the same thing over. <laughs> well, kind of to put it in the context now, like the online side, you now don't have an Asher as a starting weapon which if you play Gears is a major thing 
because you everybody just goes Nasher, bang, 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 active reload, bang, bang, bang. I'm no aiming, I'm just rodeo running, shooting people. Get out of my way. Um, and now it's more a case of, it's kind of Call of Duty in a way, where each kill you get, you earn a point, and what the points make? Prizes! So the more points you bank, the higher the weapon you can unlock with them points. But it's a case that it's a menu with on you, with on you, within you. So <laughs> you basically unlock the weapon in real time and it appears in your hands. It's not like, so weapons don't spawn on the map. For what, what I played, it's basically you bank five kills and you unlock a Uber weapon. It gives you a choice. You can have A or B. So low tier ones are like grenades and shot grenades and that's fun. But higher tiers are like kind of uh, boomers and uh, the the I'm going to call it the digger, but it's not the digger, but basically the drilling machine thing, maybe Bob. Um, and it's an interesting idea, and it run and that runs on a, a, a bank of lives, kind of thing, same as what Team D ran on in four. So basically, once the lives are gone, you're gone. Um, <laughs> gears is gears. This is the thing. It's like exactly. I can't, I can't turn around. I can't turn around and tell you it's anything but what you <laughs> imagine. It's just refined and. Like, there's new bells and whistles and stuff, but it's not like, oh my god, it's now playing like Unreal Tournament and stuff. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's Gears of War. You know what I mean? Exactly. Hod cover, shoot. <laughs> the, what it came down to is that I have trouble getting through the games I really want to play. So mm. it's hard to commit. Like, it was. There, why keep something else just to play games i might be able to play <laughs> if that makes sense yeah when, especially when i, I can get a bit of extra to help buy the games i really want to play because now mm. i'm sitting on 540 dollars that i can use to spend on the 18 games it's coming Something. out from september to march next year that's all top shelf really really my kind of uh, cup of tea so <laughs> ah. Oh, well, I suppose that's that's the, that's Santa. You know what I mean? It's an expensive hobby. At Plus, you can always pick up a you can always pick up an Xbox or digital for like a fruppence at some point as well. Oh, exactly, because they'll go cheap. Yes, they will. Um, at some point. <laughs> well, and if I waited till next year when the new console's coming out, then these oh, the trade. This year's, I think this year's Black Friday. You'll see the old digital take a dunt. I think it'll get put down by about £100, dollars, magic beans. Um, I think you'll probably get it for 150 I think, the old digital, uh, or 200 but it'll come with a year subscription, a thingy, yep. uh, Games Pass. Ultimate Games Pass, not just Games Pass, the Ultimate Games Pass. That was the other deterrent, is that Games Pass is can be good value, but it's not cheap. Like, it adds up. Oh, it depends. If you played the game smart, you could have got three years for a pound. Kind of, as you squint when he says that. Because that's what everybody did, was basically it converted. What, if you banked a three years worth of live, you could then convert that into three years worth of Ultimate Games Pass, which was live Games Pass and Game Pass PC, which is a hell of a good deal. So that was a kind of bit of tactical play going on there. But I think Games Pass is worth the money if you don't own games that's the that's yeah, the well, yeah. that's the, the kind of see if you're a kind of 20 30, 25 30 something kind of just play fifa and cod 
Games Pass is for you because you buy it and you can play Batman and you can play Metro and you can play some indie games and you'll be able to play Gears when it comes out and you can play Forza Horizon 4 for no extra skin off your nose. Whereas if you're a pure blood dyed in the wool, lime green bleeding motherful with hundreds of games, it's really no worth buying, if you know what I mean. Yep. I'm kind of I'm kind of in that boat. I think I went through it. I think there's only like five or six games I don't have that's on Game Pass, which is terrifying in a kind of <laughs> reassuring way. There's also the added cost of the live on top of Game Pass as well. But that's where the Ultimate Games Pass changes that because it rolls it on to one complete package. Yeah. So that's why, like I was saying, like people were buying three years worth of go- live and then it converts it into the old singing and old dancing edition for an extra dollar or a pound. I see it, yeah. So that yep. was kind of, it, it was like you were caught, you were, and people were like, we're conning the system, but it's really like not Xbox is wanting you by the, the short and curlies because they know, you know I mean, you're, you're in for the, you're in for the long ride, get comfy, because we've got you hooked, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, and expect a similar deal to happen in three years' time when <laughs> Scarlet arrives on the front door. And as I said, there is... Plus, you'll be able to buy the Xbox when Halo comes out as well. You'll get your Xbox back for the new Halo. Don't worry. I have no fears. Nope. Hated 5. <laughs> that's... That's... That's not... That's... Who, no one liked 5. You know what I mean? Yeah, nah. You might... You'll get this pretty quickly. I'm not much of a shooter person. So, no, I'm... I'm no... No spilt milk over Halo. Oh, well. I'm not going to say I'm a diehard fan, but... Here you are. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. I'm, I, I wear that on both sleeves with a smile. Yep. I've seen the picture of you in your Master Chief armor. <laughs> Every Sunday. <laughs> they call me the Tartan Spartan for a reason. Uh, so that's what the Tartan Curtain's for. <laughs> and what is it hiding? <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you. That's for later. That's for after dark. Dark side, this is late edition. Places. <laughs> All right. Welcome to the blue edition. We should move on to what we've been playing. My cheeks are hurting. Yes, uh, yes. Post haste. <laughs> what have you been playing? Um, I've been killing Nazis and not the Donald Trump kind. The the, the bad Nazis. Oh, um, I've been playing Wolfenstein. Um. I'm playing Wolfenstein Youngblood and Wolfenstein Cyberpilot. Oh, um, yeah, I want to try Cyberpilot. We'll do them in order of how you would play them. Okay. Uh, Cyberpilot is a VR prequel where you play a hacker and you're tasked with hacking the Nazi war machines that have hounded you across the Wolfenstein saga, shall we call it. So, like, the Panzerhound, the wee flying mech sentries, and the big flamethrower mortar firing mech. And you basically turn them against the Nazis. Now, on paper, that sounds like a blast. And it is alright, but what it turns out to be is about a three-hour experience. I I use the word experience rather than game. Um, Where you do that, you get to go around the streets of... Paris burning Nazis with a flamethrower, blowing up mechs and generally causing a muck, as well as getting dished out 
a nice slice of Wolfenstein story. Um, it's okay. It, it's it, if you've played VR titles in the PSVR, especially a lot of what you do, you have done before. So there's these sections where you have to switch out circuit boards and use crowbars to pop open hatches and stuff, and a lot of that we've we've, we've you've done you've done in other titles, you know. Um, even the point when you're not in the mechs, you are in a kind of if you've played Trover Saves the Universe, he you plays a Cheeropian who's stuck in a chair, which is really clever. But he can teleport around the world thanks to teleport pads. And Youngblood, and sorry, in Cyberpilot, you are a in a chair which goes up and down a a lift shaft. Basically, you control the lever. So you, there's four floors. Each floor's like one's a research lab where you can build stuff, and the other ones a kind of you can play with action figures, and then you go in to the basement, and you can do mechanical stuff and stuff. Um, and it's, it, it does that VR thing where it's like, oh, this is this is cool, and oh, I can do this and that. And and it's an, as I said uh, with my thing, I kind of said it was, it was very much an appetizer for the main course. As a Wolfenstein fan, I enjoyed it. Uh, with a low price point as well, it helps it a lot. But it just... It just doesn't have longevity, if you know what I mean. It's a bit like Batman. Batman was really cool and, oh, this is great and amazing, but it was a very short-lived thing, you know. It's the same with Youngblood. Uh, no, it's Youngblood, sorry. Cyberpilot. Um, it sets up Youngblood really nicely, but it, it just... It lacks replayability, I think, you know. Um, should, but, should have been just free as a promotional thing, do you think? I don't. I don't think so because I think there's more content here. Like the three hours worth, or it's one of the best looking PSVR titles I've played. Okay, ever. and I've and I'm I, I'm played quite a few in my time. Um, it, it's a stunningly good looking world and the polish, and they've done that thing where I think they built the young blood world and they've just lifted. The location. Oh, they have lifted the locations, so there's parts in this where you will have played. You'll play in Youngblood, and you'll be like, "Oh, this, oh, I remember this." So obviously, the really nice rendered models exist, and I think they've just put them into this in a similar way. You know, um, the other major thing as well is you must have move controllers to play this. I could not play it with a, 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 the the. Uh, I was going to call it the Joy-Con. It's not the Joy-Con. With the Move. the DualShock 4. I just could not play it with the DualShock 4. Okay. Because you need your your two hands to move independently to operate levers and switches and stuff. Having the two of them kind of stuck together and trying to do it is just really... It it, it annoys me, that kind of thing, because you're, you're kind of trying... It takes you out of the action. Because yep. why, why would I move both hands at the same level, at the same pace and grip at the same time? <laughs> and it's like, am I some kind of robot? You know what I mean? I'm, I'm holding an invisible bar. <laughs> but, um, no, I liked it. If, like I say, for the money, and it'll probably come down in price, it's a, it's, it's a fun three to four hour soiree into a different side of Wolfenstein and, and as I say as well there's no, there's no greater feeling than when you first go that panzer hound and you just lay havoc to like everything and anything that's gave you snash because you're like oh wow this is what it's like to be one of these and then when you jump back into Wolfenstein 2 or Youngblood or whatever you can uh, destroy them in 30 seconds and you go hmm I didn't last that long, <laughs> but um, no, it's good. It's it's, it's a nice it's a nice idea, um, and and then like I say, it's, if you're looking for something 
to play on PSVR, but it's a bit a wee bit different than it's worth it. There is after the credits roll, there is a kind of challenge selection of challenge maps and stuff to to keep you going, but it's very much a one and you're done yeah, kind of affair I felt, you know. Um, there's no really collectibles and stuff to warrant revisiting. Which I'm okay um, with. To be honest, I'm not a much of a revisitor type game person. Mm. Um, so I, but I like the experiences. The, the other, and the other side, like I said, the other side is, you know what I mean? What, what can you buy these days for £15? You know what I mean? Two people at the cinemas about that. You know what I mean? Hell, a cinema ticket and a popcorn and the juice is about that. It was <laughs> a film three hours long. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's, that's how I would... That's how I argue it and levy it, is like, what can I do for that amount of cash? And it gets a buy. Um, and then, obviously, I moved on to Youngblood. But before you, it's which, interesting enough, this has a physical release, I'm surprised. Like, we can buy it physically yes. here. Um, which seems weird for a yes. three-hour game. I, I think it was because, they were. Ho- I think the idea was maybe they were trying to bundle that and Youngblood together. Uh, they were hoping stores would do it for them. So you could buy the PlayStation 4 Youngblood and that together for like 30 40 dollars and you'd have the complete Youngblood experience, you know? Good. Um, but I don't think it works that way. I think it's a lot of case uh, it's just... But then, well, Batman wasn't the physical one, I know. Batman was digital. Yeah. It's only but digital. Batman was, I think it was like 2 or $3 dollars less. So I don't, I don't really know. I know that... The cyber pilot stuff was mainly done by Arcane, who are all fame of Prey and Dishonored. Okay. So I think it's maybe a, a kind of money money point. They, they decide that well, we might as well just roll this out as a as a an actual physical disc thing, you know. Um, plus, it's always nice to have a disc to sit on the shelf and go, "Hey, right, collecting dust." I agree. <laughs> it, just the price point on physical here is a bit high. It's forty nine dollars New Zealand. Um, wow which is four movie tickets uh, that's crazy <laughs> same way I think it's 50 14 90 something um, from here yeah it's so that's crazy um, yes it's a bit high uh, well I would say then it's not worth 26 pounds it's not worth that is yeah it's crazy so it's double it's almost a five or six pound more than what I would pay yeah that's crazy. That's crazy. But I'm definitely interested. But, um, that's good. If you can get it digitally, if you can pick it up off the store cheaper, it is then cheaper definitely on the store. do it. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, and I'd say play this before you play Youngblood if you're going to do that as well, just because it, it does set up the. There's things that happen in Youngblood. It's, it's not a major. It's not like a major plot link, but there's a nice wee point in it where you go, oh, <laughs> see, I remember that. That was good. All right. That was grand. Um, but. Then I suppose, like I say, is is the kind of moving on to the young blood thing where it's a strange beast. The idea is, if you would have pitched to me, Wolfenstein game, you can play co-op with your best mates, or your best mate, no, your best mates, because that would be more than that. But you can play co-op and you can run about blowing up Nazis and dual wielding and just being a badass. That would be great. And at times, it's phenomenal. It's that pure moment to moment through the gun enjoyment it's just it just when it does it right it does it perfect and I love it for what it does what it does when it does it bad it really is not good um if you play the ideal world you would play with the same person from start to finish 
Um, if you enjoy the deluxe edition, you can do that with the Buddy Pass, which is an, an amazing thing, and the credit to Bethesda for allowing it and stuff. So, I don't know if you know about this, but if you buy the digital, sorry, the deluxe edition, you get a Buddy Pass, which means you can invite as many people to play the game with you as you like, um, who don't own the game. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So, basically, what happens on the Xbox, at least, is if I send you an invite, you get took to a screen to download a a demo of the game. You get the demo, and then I invite you to my game, and you can play the whole game with me from start to finish, which is really the way you want to do it, because then you and me would level up at the same time. What happens when you play with randos um, is I'll run in as a level 60 third-right killing machine, and they're, like, level 12, and you got yourself, well, this is going to be fun. So, Mr. 12 ends up coming up against level 60 enemies. And it goes from becoming this Nazi-slaying front house of joy to basically being a nurse simulator. Because I spend more time healing him and picking him up and carrying him than than killing bad guys. And the other, the really annoying thing with doing that is, is little, little number 12 is like, I'm the little engine that could, I'm the little hero. He runs in front of a super soldier and the super soldier just goes, splat, and he comes to me and I'm like, bum, 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 like you're dead. And then the little engine that could sit in there bleeding out in the corner again. And I'm like, what part of, I'm level 60, I'll kill everything that moves and you can stand over there in power level. Do we no understand? Because that's the thing, when you're a high level taking on high enemies, the XP that they get is the XP you get. So, like, every kill is like worth 4,500 XP, which basically power levels them. Anybody below 20 with a high, high level will level up to 20 in about two or three streets. That, to put it in context, you know what I mean? So, yep. like, half a dozen kills and you're already. But. The randos think they're Rambos. <laughs> Rando the Rambo. Yep. And uh, it's just no fun. And finding guys that are the same level. The searching in it's really basic. Um, it's basically join a match or join a match with a friend. And other than that, that's you. And it's just like... Uh, I know it's a minor teething problem, but it's really irritating when you just want to go in and shoot things that move and you're having to pick people up every two seconds. But... Besides that, it's 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 great fun. It really is a good game. I I I rate it very well. Um, it's a bit grindy on the after game stuff. If you're going for achievements, achievements are horrifically grindy um, because you have to get all guns to level ten, which is about nine between six hundred to nine hundred kills each. There ain't that many Nazis on the streets, to put it that way. So you need to replay a lot of the game. Yep. to try and find them I was saying the day I was like I wish there was a horde mode I wish there was just a mode where it would be a city square with me and my teammate or whatever and we can just sit with lots of ammo and an ammo crate and our guns and we can just blast everything that moves and it can be a challenge and stuff and all this and it would be great and you could level your guns up that way whereas if I have to go back in one more time and run about the same streets or get into the same base and kill the same guys over and over, it's, it stops being fun, if you know what I mean, I've done the story, I, I finished, when I walked away I was level 40, so I've done 10, 20 levels since then, and that's just me wandering in with randos, or just doing random side missions and stuff, you know, yep. so, I, I, it definitely feels like it should be played with two people who are, as the, as, as the past says, buddies, and not with 
two randos away a rando because the other thing as well is their door there's a, it loves two handed doors so you'll run up to a door and you have to pick the door so you pick the door up and it goes hey uh, I need a hand and randos just like ooh you're running in circles <laughs> and you're like mate come on open this door for me come on we want to get in and get the goodies in behind here and he's like nah it's just not happening I'm like oh my god oh my god I've actually heard some but, quite um, negative things about the game Do share share with the class. Um, the, the ammo <laughs> issues, like that, you run out of ammo. No, see, at the beginning, right? This is this is the other thing as well. Is it, it changes up things which fall away, right? So, like at levels, say after fifty, you are a prime killer who's trained to kill anything that moves, and it doesn't really matter what you use, right? Below that, there's a kind of system. It's a really clever system, right? So certain guns do certain damage. So there are heavy armoured guys and there are fleshy armoured guys, I call them, because they're wearing body bag suits, which are the things. But certain guns do different damage. So the two obvious ones is the assault rifle will damage heavy armour, right? But it's weak against fleshy armour, yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah. The, SM, the SMG is strong against fleshy armour, but weak against heavy armour. So the idea is, when you play in co-op, somebody runs with SMG, somebody runs with a assault rifle, and you say, here, couple of forthright uh, armoured personnel coming in for the left, do you want to take them? And the guy goes, yeah, no worries, and he dives down and shoots him, while you take out a super soldier that's just jumped in for the roof. And you're meant to do that balance, but the higher up you go, the more perks you unlock, which make you basically a god you become so super powerful, it's unreal. So, there's a thing in it which allows you to basically hold your hand out and catch your bullets, and then you can use them to shoot back at the enemy, which is pretty awesome. And then there's actual perks where you'll... My favourite perk is you can switch weapons, but as you switch weapons, you reload the magazine. So, every time you pick a weapon, it's full. it's, full, it's a full clip in it. And... It, it, that's the, the ammo thing is basically you've just not I don't want to say played enough but you've just not played enough <laughs> fair enough <laughs> to get the, to get the, a lot of the a lot of the teething problems it is a hard game right the first time I played it it drops four super soldiers and me and my mate and I'm like oh my god what am I doing now and you're as powerful as a wet paper bag but grit your teeth and run at it and you'll you get be- it's a kind of power it's a power thing isn't it you become more powerful the more you play yep. you know until you become so powerful it's just like uh, yeah, I think just throwing just throwing bullets at bad guys one of the criticisms <laughs> I heard was yeah like playing with AI, AI is very bad and if you didn't AI AI doesn't really do much bar pick you up but you need this is the key when you go down, you need to call the AI. Uh, it's a bit like a dog. So see, when you fall, you're bleeding, you're like, oh, help, help. The AI doesn't come to you unless you hit A, because A is to call the AI, and you go, help me. Okay. <laughs> but the minute you call it, it's like a cocker spaniel, it comes running to you. Oh, I'll get you, I'll get you, I'll get you. <laughs> and then it picks you back up, and you're like, no worries, cheers, buddy, away, away you go and sniff the bins. And you can sit and... Do you know what I mean? Okay. Um, that might have been what it, it is. It, the person I heard this from was only trying it on a friend's Switch. And so they may not have right. known that because they said they died because the AI didn't help them. 
and then they yeah but the, you you stay with the same that's what i found it you same stay with the same ammo you had when you died but you go back yeah level it, yeah but once you realize what ammo is and where it is it becomes quite plentiful yeah. if you know what i mean so like every mission starts in a metro station and there's usually four or five ammo crates in the station, along with some grenades and ammo, armour and stuff. But on top of that, you have a perk, which... So, the the plan is, one guy has the armour perk, and one guy has the health perk. And when you become a lesser god, when I hit up on the D-pad right now, I will give you 200 points of armour. The maximum ammo, uh, armour, sorry, I can give. So, you, all I need to do is hit up on the D-pad, and I do a robot dance, because emotes are cool. And you get armor. That's great. My puddy does his emote, and I get two hundred points of health. Okay. So the idea is you're playing with people, and you go, "Oh, I'm, I'm a bit down in health." And the guy goes, "No worries, I'll, I'll heal you." And he hits the button, and you just get instant health. And it's kind of, it's a wee bit like kind of like how you do the 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 gore kills in Doom. Kind of how you door kills buys you time to heal and stuff. The idea is you do this emote, and it gives you a buff of armor or health. Um, and stuff like that but again if you I think if you play it with the same person you would never f- see any problems yep. I've heard people complain about the, the boss the final boss but as I said to them I went into the final boss at level 40 and I didn't find him hard at all especially when you realise his weakness and stuff you know um, but then that was me I, I decided to do all the side missions before I did the final boss and stuff so I suppose if I went into the final boss a bit weaker I may have found it more of a problem Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't know. It's 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 this kind of what level were you and blah 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 and what did you unlock and it's a strange one. But as a kind of budgety budgety, it's a budget price really. Uh, there's I, well, I've, I put it took me two, seventeen and a half hours to basically hundred percent the game, which is for twenty two pound is very good. I felt you know. Yeah, it's very good. It's more. It's more time than you know. I mean, plus add to that the body pass and stuff and all of that, and it's it's just more Wolfenstein, you know. And it it kind of sets the it sets the the scene for what's coming next, because um, I was lucky enough to talk to the develop the developers for the game, and I was always told as well that Wolfenstein or BJ's story was a trilogy, and they are very much of the mind that BJ's story is a trilogy. This is a spin off. Yep. And this is its own beast. If you know what I mean, it's a case of when you start it, no spoilers, but when you start it, Hitler's dead, right? But Hitler wasn't dead at Wolfenstein 2. He was, you left him on v- Venus, Uranus, <laughs> some planet. So BJ killed Hitler at some point, but we don't know how, we don't know why, and we don't know when. So that's kind of, I think that's what the next thing, because the other question I asked of many was, uh, will we see Mecha Hitler? And I didn't get told no, but I didn't get told yes. So I've kind of a feeling that they might do something where you fight Mecha Hitler yep. in some way, shape or form. Because I think it would be a bit of a kind of waste not to bring a reimagination, a iron, ironclad Führer to the table, you know? But that said, our boy BJ is a very old man, not a very old man, but he's got grey hair, but then again he's a head on a robot, so I don't think he ages in the same way <laughs> that that normal people do. 
But um, no, I'll be interested. I'll be interested to see what happens next if we have a a, a prequel which finishes off Wolfenstein the main arc, or if we have another young blood game, or if we have a kind of holy trifecta thing where the twins and him team up or something a bit mm-hmm. tasty. Because it's either a case of the march to Berlin is on to take out the Nazis forever, or we go back to the second one and we find out what happened between then and Youngblood. Because Hitler unleashed a a weather machine that's changing the world and blah blah blah. There's rain coming. Oh no! But if you like Wolfenstein, you'll like it. That's that. That was like twenty minutes worth of saying. If you like Wolfenstein, <laughs> you'll enjoy this. That's good. I'm glad. I, I I heard some negative, and I was a bit sad for uh, the Wolfenstein. It's community. not perfect. Yeah, it's not perfect, but it's not. I enjoyed it. Do you know what I mean? But that's me. I'll, I'll enjoy anything that you put Wolfenstein in front of. So fair enough. But yourself, what have you been playing? Um, a lot, because it's been ages. Uh, one I've been dying to talk about is A Plague Tale Innocence. I really like this game. It was It's from a smaller developer, I believe. It's not AAA. It came out. There's no big song and dance or trumpets about its release. Uh, I, I liked the look of it, and so I picked it up, and I really, really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Have you played it? It's um I have. <laughs> yeah. Um uh, yeah, I've I've also div- interviewed the developers for this. Oh, very cool. <laughs> um yeah, it, it was really cool because um because you know how the core of the idea is that it's a child's tale. They did this whole thing where they kind of it was about their kids, so when during the development, they used to, like, one of them was saying he went on holiday and he let his two kids, he was watching his two kids play and how they would help each other climbing logs on the beach and stuff and all that. And it was a really insightful thing into how, like, a games developer, you, having played that game, you can you can see where you help your brother and you kind of see, like, the kind of nature between, the, the, you know what I mean, the kind of, the movement and stuff, and you kind of go, that that's kind of cool how... In theory, he refined that by watching his own kids just having fun on a beach or climbing trees in a forest, you know. Um, and then how they they didn't want to shelter them, like although it's a child's tale, it was they didn't want to shelter the tale from like the kind of truth, if you know what I mean. Yep. But at the same time, they wanted to tell a fantasy tale, if you know what I mean. I it's kind of set in a real time period, but what is told is very much a thing of fantasy, you know. Yeah, it's it's yeah it's a fantasy story grounded in reality yeah loosely (laughs) well Uh, things did happen in the kind of timeline that happened there but not on the kind of level you know what I mean they were not such demonic rats (laughs) not the same spectacle or yeah grandness but it was it was very good. Like I enjoyed the story, the pacing I found quite good. Um, the one thing I, the biggest criticism I would have would be the collectibles. Yeah, there are a few of them. Yes. Um, I like them for a storytelling point of view. I don't like having to search for things in games like this because it's an immersive game. You're feeling um, 
engaged with the world and the story and the characters and you're like you're fleeing for your life from the inquisition and a plague of rats and you're like oh let's just go look over here um yeah and it, it felt that i was constantly just rubbing against invisible walls trying to search where i can go to find things and it shiny shiny things if i remember right everything shone yes that that's the you, classic you were wanting to pick up um yeah that said i did enjoy the elements there were um flowers was one of the key things that you could find i liked the mm -hmm. the character development of that that collectible because it was the boy the younger brother's um enjoyment of them because he was trained by their mother because he's a sick little boy and sat inside with his mum his whole life i think he's what five six years old yeah um but he's he's very clever and his mum has taught him all the names of the different flowers and herbs and their uh either medical benefit and or superstitious benefit of like a certain flower because mm -hmm. and so i liked the storytelling of the boy going oh look a such and such flower this brings good luck and then he'll put, give it to his sister and put it in her hair i really liked yeah they they were really touching moments i felt as well during the tale you know because it can be quite brutal in ways don't ask what happened to their dog just don't ask <laughs> Didn't <laughs> I remember that? But it just did not end well for anybody that day. Boudreaux did not come home, but the 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 bonding you really feel like you bond with him. Yes, in a kind of weird way. Yep, I agree. Uh, she's a very cool character, the main character. Um, she, what should be mid teens? Yeah, like to fourteen, fifteen, maybe. But she's a very cool character. Um. And it's not just about physical strength; it's about the the determination, strength, and the and the emotional strength she has to try and look after her brother, who she doesn't actually know, which I think is quite a fascinating twist on it. Like she's grown up; this is her brother, blood brother, that she's maybe seen once or twice in her life in six, six yeah, years. Yeah, he's kind of locked away, and yeah, that's the kind of tale. She's the kind of the hardened adventurer kind of thing, want to be a knight, whereas he's obviously, this is where, as you were saying, with the, the kind of learning things and that, he's very much the, the, the kept in wee soul with the game, you know, and it's kind of him, that's the other thing as well, is the kind of wonder and fascination he has with the open world is, is, a, is a real interesting element as well, because not only are you seeing it for the first time, he's seeing it for the first time, and it, there's a few moments, I remember the bit in the vineyard, where he's racing through the vines, and she kind of freaks out because he disappears. I don't know if you've done that yep. bit yet. Oh, I finished. Yeah, finished. Um, all right. Okay. Well, that that was a kind of kind of really kind of again again touching moments. Yep. <laughs> put a soft put a soft glow filter on that. That's a beautiful thing. Um, and I think I think they strike the balance really well because it, it's not a combat game in the slightest, which I thought as well was a very uh, well, well handled thing. Yeah. Well, that's the interesting thing because there is combat, but it's not focused on that it's a stealth game but it's not a stealth game um it's a puzzle game but it's not a puzzle game <laughs> like it's mm -hmm. it, it is it strikes a weird um balance between these different third person action games that we have um by mm -hmm. doing their own thing and i actually really appreciated that because this to me the stealth worked quite well um the the action when there was action it worked reasonably well um, I'm not a huge fan of the tank controls with the st constant strafing with the left stick. 
My yeah. guess is it was made for PC, and that would work better with the WASD and the mouse, probably. Mm. But I, you get used to it. Um. Uh, but yeah, how did you play? Do you play on console or? Yeah, I played it on the Xbox. Um, I, th- I, th- I, th- I thought it was it was a really nice. It's a, it, it reminds me of what I don't know if you played it, but Vampire. No, I've kind of, been wanting to play that, but I haven't. Kind of alternate. It's, it's weird. There's there's this kind of I don't want to say French vibe, but it's a French studio, and you can feel you can you can almost taste the garlic in the air. <laughs> um, the two of them have a very kind of treble B <laughs> feel um, to them, and there's this kind of there is a nice layer of polish, but it's not like super polished. And as you say, it wasn't a major fanfare and stuff in that, but it was very much um, a game that took a lot of people by storm, I felt. Um, and I, I really, like I said, I really enjoyed the tale, and I really enjoyed the kind of, the tactics you could use as weaponizing the rats. Because um, abso- the rats will kill indiscriminately, they don't care who you are. Um, and the fact you can use them, it then help you further your adventure, um, is really nice and stuff, and it's like the whole mystery behind what's the thing that the brother got as well. That was kind of always egged you on because he would have wee moments, like no seizures, but he would have kind of moments at, un, at the most perfect times where the bad guys are like three feet away from you. Yeah, it was tense. Um, um. Yeah. But then again, like I say, very few games touch on that subject matter of being, well, you are children. Do you know what I mean? You're not, you're not a 25 stone monster killing armor clad legend you're basically a five-year-old and a 14 year old on the run for the mighty the english as well as rats <laughs> and the inquisition you know yeah it's uh it was it's, it's, a, it's a nice breath of fresh air and a most horrible horrible horrific package <laughs> yes that's a good way to put it um i i thoroughly enjoyed what they gave and I would rate it. It's up there with one of my favourite games of the year. Um, yeah. Definitely a sleeper, I would say. Yes. Definitely a wee cheeky... Like, the kind of... Like, right now, if you were maybe looking for something to play, and you weren't digging killing Nazis, definitely, I would say this. It's got the, it's got the feeling of an Xbox Game Pass game about it as well. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like... I don't, I don't imagine it wouldn't even be on Xbox Game Pass. You know what I mean? It's that kind of... That it would it would find its legs there if you know what I mean, like it's had its first hurrah and it did well, but then they'd put it on Game Pass and it would do really well because a lot of people would just download it and then there'd be this buzz about it and stuff. I've seen that happen a few times with Game Pass titles, yep. and I think this this feels like it could be at home in that ecosphere. Well, yeah, I want the studio to do well because like the AAA game industry isn't hot at the moment. <laughs> I'm not I'm not enjoying most no. of these big. Um, blockbuster games but it's these games riding underneath that, that that I'm enjoying and so I want to support those studios yeah definitely yeah it was good A Plague A Plague Tale Innocence two thumbs up yes two rats tails <laughs> yep um yeah good what else um Nino Kuni 2 that's an old game which I just got. <laughs> Is it coming to Switch? Yeah. No, no. Number one's coming to Switch. N- you know, well, two can't be far off. You'd think. 
But I, well, I, you'd think they'd bundle them, but you know, that's Nintendo. Well, yeah. At this point, you'd think they would. You'd buy two and get the first one free with it. Mm, do a Bayonetta. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's good. I actually was quite uh, pleasantly surprised with Nino Kuni 2. I picked it up next to nothing. Uh, I was in my local store and I was like, whoa, this is cheap. <laughs> Let's get it. Actually, I was in there for getting uh, Mario Maker 2. Oh. And I was like, whoa, this is only $20. I'm going to play this. And I'm, yeah, pleasantly surprised. I, are you a fan of Ghibli stuff? Can I, are you walking in as a Ghibli fan? Yes. I, or are you kind of... I am a Ghibli fan. To, is level 5, is it? That's who, who did the game? I yes, think? it is. Um, unlike the first Nino Kuni, this isn't partnered with Ghibli, even though the art style will stay the same. Nah. Uh I am a huge Studio Ghibli fan, and I like my anime in general. And I, traditionally, I've been a very much an RPG person, a JRPG person. But it has been a long time since I have been able to get into a JRPG. Um, I find them a bit too long-winded these days, and I, I kind of like the mm. more intense experiences. Um, like Resident Evil 2 Remake has been one of the most fun games I've played in a long time because it's intense and short uh, <laughs> but did you have see I would have, see the interesting way is have you got previous i.e. did you play it back in the day yes. so you kind of know I know it's not carbon copy but you kind of knew the kind of the tone the beats the kind of the kind of guy because I found that way it was like I, although it was oddly familiar but not cast in stone so you kind of had a, because you kind of had a, a knowing there, like, right, this, 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 it kind of helped speed up the process so instead of the kind of, oh, what's in this room? Oh, what's in that room? Oh, what's in this room? Oh, how's that door locked? That, that's <laughs> true. You're right. I didn't really consider that. But still, like, it's just more, I found the pacing really good at Resident Evil 2. Anyway, I've already talked about that in the past. Nino Kuni 2. <laughs> we'll stick with that. It's dead good. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I was quite surprised. The pacing's very good. Like, it do- it moves reasonably quick. Um, you get right into the action. And the combat is is reasonably entertaining. Like, it's not overly complex, but it's not... It's, it's an action uh, game. So it still has the... I've never played... I've never played it, but... Has it got, like, a Pokemon system in a way? That's the first one. The first one does. Right. Uh, this one does have little uh, elemental sprites that you recruit... To be honest, I haven't really invested any time leveling them up or caring. They run around the battlefield <laughs> with you, and they will activate, and you can run up to them and push X, and they will do a special. Um, but in general, I don't need it. It um, I've been able to just do most fights myself, and mm. I was able to break the game by going to an area with harder enemies and just being careful and dodging. And killing them, and we're getting rewarded with a high, a high-powered weapon, which allowed me to take on things below, above my level. Um, Shocking. Which I found I like. I don't like when action RPGs like make it so you just can't, even though you should be able to dodge. This allows you to. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I like I like the combat. <sighs> One thing that I've come across is so I've enjoyed the the basic story. It's about. Um, a, a prince whose dad uh, 
just died, which you find out right at the start that it's actually murder and the classic story of the advisor to the king that murdered him to usurp the throne and he is now coming for you to solidify his rulership of Ding Dong Dell, the kingdom that starts, it's the game starts in. <laughs> really dumb. Is there something in it called the Twink or something in there? I mean, seen a trailer at an expo once and it was, it was drippy or whatever he is, the the guy with the lamp for the nose, and he's like, oh, I'm the Welsh, and he's like, oh, yeah, there's something that's in the day with the twink or tink or something, or I something. I think that's the first one. I think it's Nino Kuni 1. Oh, I've really good, I've, I've never played any of them, but my whole Nino Kuni knowledge is the first game. <laughs> so this one is actually quite different. Uh, I only played a demo of the first one, I didn't like the combat with the Pokemon style. Um, mm. Whereas this is very much, it, you engage like a normal RPG, JRPG, um with the enemies um like if you're on the world map you'll see the enemies running around like one monster and they see you they'll come after you and then if you touch it goes into like final fantasy 7 it'll go load into uh, like a, everything goes into a circle squirrel squirrel yep yeah <laughs> <laughs> and you go into the 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 battle arena and then you'll you look normal because on the map you look like a chibi version of yourself you look like normal characters you'll mm. fight and that one monster's now turned into six uh if you're in a dungeon you see the monsters in front of you and you can just start fighting to engage the fight and there's no loading it's just straight into the fight um so it's all very quick and monsters that are i think it's about eight levels lower than you won't even look at you they just which is cool it means it it reduces the amount of random events fighting that you have to do for no real point because they're so low level that experience isn't worth anything so i like that Mm. that it speeds things up there's fast travel like instantly and so it it makes doing side quests a lot quicker and a lot more convenient because you go somewhere like at one point i had to go to a enchanted forest and i get there and it's like oh now turn go back to where you just came from i was like oh my first instinct was to go oh what the heck i gotta walk all the way back but then I remembered fast travel and then I just zip there, zip back and it was done. It, which is... But think of all that XP you're leaving <laughs> as you fast travel. You know I mean? All those encounters and... Time is money. Tat. Time is money. <laughs> that's, that is true but that's why we don't play JRPGs anymore. <laughs> well, that's what I'm appreciating about it how it's taken a lot of that fluff out um, and mm. speeding up the... There's also another form of combat, which I actually kind of enjoy. It's like a little um, battle system, and you recruit people to your kingdom. Basically, the gist of the game is that you're once you, you flee from your kingdom, uh, initial kingdom, you decide to... You want to establish your, a new kingdom to encourage peace in this world as the prince. Um, and so you set off on a quest to to make a pact with what they call kingmakers, which are these mythical beasts that prove that someone who claims to be a king is worthy of being a king. And so that's how the game right. starts. You go off to, on this quest to find a kingmaker. Um, and then you do that, and then you start building a kingdom. And the kingdom you can build, you, you recruit citizens from around the world. And I actually quite enjoy this this little kingdom simulator in the game and building up the numbers but you also have larger scale battles and of the citizens that you can recruit, they can be commanders in your army and you can have four in your army and you basically run around the world map when, uh, 
battle is established and you fight other platoons of soldiers and it's all it's your classic uh paper scissors rock type thing so like spears are strong against swords swords are strong strong against hammers and hammers are strong against spears um and so you have different types of platoons and so i I just like that there's variety in the combat um so keep so it becomes kind of a strategy it's very light because you just they surround you as the king and you run Mm. around and you can use so there's no no base building or resource farming. Not um, as you're building your kingdom, you are actually building different. You're assigning citizens to different types of buildings, and they will collect resources for you. But it's all so it's all very oh, passive. So you're not actively having to do that much. Um, basically, you just return back to your kingdom in between doing side quests or main story, and things have happened, and you've got more money to then spend. Um, so it's time consuming, but it's reasonably user, user friendly. Like it's considerate of time as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I, I'm actually quite surprised how much I'd enjoy it and how much I want to keep playing. Uh, I'm nearing the end, I believe. And yeah, I've enjoyed it. The, the biggest criticism, I actually put this out on Twitter about localization and I'm kind of curious to know how much influence the localization team has on like the characters and how they speak. Because mm-hmm. Japanese, when it's written in Japanese, it's written in Japanese. There is no character. They can't write Japanese with someone that has a li- uh, an accent from Leeds. Well, yeah. I'm sure there's Japanese leads for it. <laughs> <laughs> Does that make sense? Like, like the kick. Yeah. Like, and that's my biggest criticism. And there are, there is voice acting. There isn't much of it. it. The majority of the game is text and there's a little bit too much flavor fluff in the text at times, I would say, especially for the side mm. quests. Like I don't need to be, have five screens of text just to be told to go fight a skeleton outside the town. Like you just tell me, but you need to know that skeleton, <laughs> where it came from, and, well, and what it did, its genealogy, what they had for breakfast, <laughs> yes, and, and and what his weakness is, and uh, yeah, that's that's again, you're talking about time and all that malarkey. That's another thing that's just JRPG into it, just waffle. To yeah, you and so I tend to, to skip that stuff. It's the main story I don't, but where I, I do drops out was the main characters. There's um, the kingmaker that you you make a pact with. He has this weird, it's like Leeds or some kind of weird accent. And he's talking about man all the time. And But it's written, his accent is written. So I just thought it's really hard to skim read. <laughs> like, And that bugs me. And so that's, that's all down to the localization team. And I wonder how much of that is intended by the developer and how much is taken away from the developer. Because, I don't know, that's what I'm curious about. Like, I... I find it hard to think that level five gone, okay, we want this guy to have a very specific accent and we want it written that way. Like that accent. Uh, I don't know. It's an, I like that touch, but I like that. It's, it keeps it kind of, it keeps it in the kind of setting, you know, it, it kind of makes you remember that he's, he's from, he's from down pit, lad, you know? <laughs> but he's not. He's a mythical creature from a fantasy world. Like, 
<laughs> he may be a coal miner for the middle of Yorkshire who enjoys a brew or two. You, know, you don't yeah. know that. You know the I mean? other funny thing. When not making kings. <laughs> it's just... It, it just it, it takes me out of it, and it's harder to read, and it slows down, and that's my biggest criticism. I just think of all the weird terms you're learning that will come in useful at some stage in life. Yeah, it's what it won't. <laughs> <laughs> he says that one week later. Damn, I need to write a story in strong Yorkshire. <laughs> right, I know what to do. You know, Cuny too to the rescue. <laughs> yeah, maybe. The other, the other funny thing is that the main one of the other main characters. It's the game actually doesn't start in Ding Dong Dale. It starts, I believe, it's is it New York, and oh, obviously, <laughs> Johnny, <laughs> New York, Ding Dong Dale, bits up. And you're in the ca- like the camera like pans in or something, and you're in the pres- uh, you're in a um, you're the the mate the character you see is the president of the United States, which has like a sweet ponytail, which is, I don't think would ever happen. Um, I don't think. I don't know. Trump likes a wig. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, but yeah, you're driving into New York or something across a bridge uh, with the the presidential parade, not parade. Um, all the cars, you know, they have all the procession. Procession, yeah. And you're in the limousine, and you're sitting there, and a big giant like bomb comes flying overhead and blows up the city, and there's a big flash, and then. <laughs> The, the Roland is his name. The pre, the president character wakes up in the kingdom and bumps into Evan, the king or the prince of Ding Dong Dale, right where the coup is happening. Right. And Roland, the president, is now thirty years younger, and he got, he just comments like, "Oh, I'm younger," and that's all that's been mentioned <laughs> of him coming from. I don't have hair. <laughs> where once before I had hair, <laughs> like. It's, but he's, it's never been, it never brings up the fact that he's from another world. The only time it comes up is when the kingdom's been created. He's like, I have experience in running a large, uh, a large nation. I can be your advisor. And like, that's it. Like, it's no, like, I need to get home to my country to find out what blew up my, my city. No, it's just, I'm here now. I'm gonna. He's got his priorities. He's got his priorities right. He's trying to find work. I find that quite <laughs> a different. Line. Oh, exactly. Make myself useful. I, so I find that quite, quite interesting. It's just Japanese, isn't it? Yeah. Ah, it's just the Japanese, <laughs> isn't it? It's <laughs> those cookie guys. Yeah, keep your things fun. <laughs> but yeah, all in all, I think it's fun. I probably waffled on way too long about it, but yeah, it's good. To be fair that somebody's got to, you know what I mean? It's, it's it's nice to see an old game getting new love, you know, before its older game comes out on the Switch. So <laughs> it's topical in a weird way. It is, I guess, yeah. You got anything else you want to talk about? Um, yeah, I've played the uh, limited edition, whatever it is, uh, uh, Redeemer, which is a top-down fighting game no it's not really a fighting game it's a top down adventure game where you are a monk there's a story about a monk but I couldn't keep up because it was like way for fun but basically I am a <laughs> monk who has built like a ship brick house who basically starts off killing spec op soldiers in the Himalayas then kills them in a monastery then goes into a dungeon and finds mutants in a lab kills them in a lab then kills mutants in spec ops and then kills a big crying looking thing for the turtles in a jar 
and that's it, or the space of 19, 16 levels. It's it's total palate cleanser after I've played something really hard. Nah, after I've been playing like my main my main meal, I'll put this on for five ten minutes because levels are like two three four minutes max, um, and it's just minor. You just detach just detach your brain and leave it at the door. Do the levels change? Just, do they? Are they random or? Um, no, no, it's preset. So it's it's really what you see is what you get. Okay. There's four different level uh, difficulty levels. There's a leveling up tree um, that's split into monk <laughs> monk points and soldier points. So monk points are for the martial arts. So you can punch and kick and do finishers and stuff. And soldier points are into weaponry like machine guns, pistols, uh, assault rifles and stuff. And you 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 basically all level them up through your journey. But it's 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 just one of the games where you just play and it's 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 not taxing. It's fun because grabbing a mutant and throwing him into a circular saw is always fun. Um, or taking an axe and instantly turning hitting hitting a guy with an axe for him to just turn into a puddle like that makes no sense. It's, it's, a, it's a wood axe. It's not even a magical axe. <laughs> it's just an axe, and he's just vaporise this guy with one hit how hard did I swing that um, it's, it's it's fun it's fun it's it's fun it, it's not even like I can't I, it's, it is what it, if you like the kind of games I was going to say it's about like Hotline Miami but it's nowhere it's it's kind of like Hotline Miami in the top down view sense and, yeah but it's more like a kind of Streets of Rage kind of game it's more like Streets of Rage, but instead of being on a 2D plane, it's in a kind of 3D top-down view. And does this weird That's zoom in when way. you get a kill? Yes, it's like, it does like a thousand punches to a guy's chest and it explodes and it's like, ah, that's your finisher. And, or it shows you him picking the guy and throwing him into a tree. And when it zooms in, it's like the models just aren't quite as good as what they think they are. So you're like, oh, this, this is a bit, I, I might cut my finger on his nose, it's that sharp. And like, oh, and, ah, it's, it's, it is what it is. I enjoyed it. It was not too, I, I, I totally finished it last night, so I have uninstalled it and I'll write a review soon. But um, yeah, nice wee palate cleanser. I think that's the thing. Whenever I run kind of meaty titles, meaty, um, I like to have something to kind of detach myself and play in between them. If you know what I mean, um, which is which is always um, a welcome. I find because um, it's never like I'll play a big title and then just switch off and go to my bed. Because I think you just need something to just vent or just switch a cool down. So get the gym. We warm up, we cool down. Same with that with my gaming. I like a wee warm up, can we cool down? So perfect warm up or cool down game, depending on how you feel. It's so strange. I'm um, watching gameplay and it's yeah. It's like it's like a game for the PlayStation Two era, but with some kinda we slightly nice graphics. But it's just an odd it it could have been a downloadable title, I think, for like a couple of bucks, but it's like twenty pound, I think. But why is it this like? Is it's like this? It's like it makes it out that it's been released before because it's got like the it's like this, is it a special edition or something? It's like, enhanced. Why edition. is this the special uh, enhanced edition? Where did this come from? <laughs> like I've never heard of this franchise in my life. It's collector's edition. It's like wow. It's like yeah. So it's an HD remake of a game that's never been remade. 
Yeah, I think it may it must have been PC. It must have been PC only. Or something. But a nice wee fun light game. Uh nonetheless. Um and the only other thing beyond that I've played is the second DLC for We Happy Few. Uh Lightbender. Which or White Bearer, sorry, White Bender, White Bearer, <laughs> which is the most trippiest thing in the world, because you play as the 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 guy that's basically the rip off of the rock star. So in the main game, you meet this guy who's kind of like Beatles. He's like the rock star, and everybody loves him, and he he does songs and stuff, and you end up having to do things and imitating them and stuff. Well, in this, you play as him, and it's a, it's a real murder mystery. Tales. It's only two, three hours long, if that. And basically, he ends up wasted, whether it be through drugs or alcohol. And he wakes up, and something horrible's happened. And he needs to try and find his tour manager. And he needs to find certain things, but then he finds out that people are dead, and he can't remember. And it kind of makes you go, yeah, drugs and alcohol are a bad thing. It's a good campaign not to take drugs and alcohol. Um, and it's all wrapped up in that wee happy through you skin, which, for all my sins, I really love wee happy few, but I hated, I loved wee happy few story, I loved wee happy few characters, and I loved the settings, but I hated the bits in between. So <laughs> see when you had to run into the open world stuff, because it's all pre-generated and that, and it was just, it was just naff, right? Yeah. It was horrible. When not doing main missions and stuff, it was just naff. And what they've done for the DLC is they've took the naff bit, binned it, and they've just gave you story. And the last two, it was like Roger and James going to the multiverse or something was the first one, which involved you finding a secret laboratory with the two camp sailors that are the the <laughs> the like kind of lab workers for one of the scientists in the game who again you've had run-ins with. And then this one, you basically run around this hotel grounds and a little bit of well and wells uh, finding things and doing things but it, it, it's it's just a refined it's the bit I enjoy it's the story the interactions with the fan the characters and stuff um, and it's real it's really good and I, I think it's a case a lot of people probably will only put the put the money out for the DLC because like I say the main game is just it's like the bits that open world side of it is just tosh and it's just not worth playing and it's just it's irritating um, because of the rules the game forces upon you, which, if it was scripted, would be better, because the idea is you can't run, and you have to wear certain clothes and all that, but in the main game is, like, you just can't be bothered doing that, you just want to go for beat to beat to beat to beat mm-hmm. to beat, and it would be a really cool, because there's three campaigns in the main game as well, that's the thing, like, very few people find that out, but there's, like, three main campaigns in the, the, the main game, so there would be enough content there if they would have just binned this idea of having this open world. And I think, I definitely feel the open world side of it is a hangover for when they kickstarted it. Yep. And they promised people, like, oh, this Kickstarter's going to be amazing. And then the DLC, they've kind of seen the light and they've went, right, let's bin the rubbish bit and we'll keep the, the story and keep the beats up and that. So the the light bearer stuff is, is very fun, very good, very short. But if you like We Happy Few, it's, it's another fun tale um, in that universe. And there is one left to come, which I don't think they've announced the name of yet. So hopefully, that's the other thing as well, is this DLC's took some time to come, do you know? It's uh, it's not like we're 
just after launch, I think we're about possibly a year on now, and that's us only getting the second DLC for the game, out of the planned three, so um, I, I'm all for that as well, because I think they, they took time to step back, and I'm not going to say Anthem, but <laughs> they took the time to step back and go, right, we're going to get this game working, and then we're going to do the DLC, um, and it's kind of, I really appreciate that, just the, the, what they've done, because I, I really enjoy like I say, the world, the location, the the theme. I like this twisted Britain gone wrong kind of thing, you know. And like I say, the characters on it are phenomenal, especially the Scottish guy and the, the third playable character in the main game, because um, he's crazy. And it's a really interesting idea having diabetes in a video game. Um, <laughs> kind of like when you had malaria in Far Cry Five, but no, it's annoying. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you have you ever witnessed or enjoyed We Happy Few. Nah. Um... Yeah, I think there was Explorer Buzz when it first was shown at E3 a few years back, but then it, the early access released, didn't it? And it was not. Rec- yeah, no, the, the beta tested it, and it was the kind of open world. They, they did it, but it, it kind of went into preview with that st- stuff that nobody liked, and that was what kind of killed it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it just really uh, haven't really shown any interest since. Um, the concept seemed interesting, but yeah, the open world stuff always puts me off. And it's what you said. Mm-hmm. It's the worst part about it. Yeah, it's it's, it, it's it, if it was about city. See, this is the kind of it became its own demon. The fact that it's a randomly generated thing is its own undoing, because it it kind of it prolongs things. So instead of just being like, this is the city, these are the streets, blah blah blah, it randomly generates bits of it. And it's like, I'm like 20 miles. You finish a mission and you need to run like 20 minute, twenty miles to get to the next bit. And you're like, that's the other side of this town. And it's like, oh no, I can't be bothered. Yes, yeah, so Just get me there. Fast And trip. especially when, well, you, you kind of <laughs> can't do that in it and stuff. And if you try and run by people, they go, oh, you're not taking your joy and we're going to come and get you, so everybody, it's so stupid, you know, as well just run a bit on fire, because everybody, if you run, people get suspicious, because nobody runs in the game, because everybody's happy, and it's a cool idea, but again, it's totally just wasted when you're just trying to go from mission to mission to mission, you know what I mean? It's not a respecter of time, but, it's, a, it's a yeah cool concept on paper, but not a respecter of a gamer's time. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what it is, because there is a perk, the main character, and the game gets a perk where you can just run about and run about at night because that's another thing as well as if you're out at night you're instantly spotted and chased whereas if you can get the perk to be able to out and about and it, that was the that was the big game changer it's when I got that perk the game totally changed for me having to sulk and sneak and waste time to basically right I'm running through all the streets running by everybody how you doing blah 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 right next mission and it totally changed the, the rhythm of the game you know um, but again I'm glad they've went down the road they've went with it. Um, and I just kind of hope if we see a wee happy few too, um, they'll have learned their lesson, which I kind of think they have. Well, it sounds like it. The DLCs hopefully. sound interesting and more a concise experience. Yeah, it's it's, it's 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 more of what you want. It's wacky, zany tales told in this not quite right universe. Yeah. By kind of character, like characters that have character. That's the other thing, you know what I mean? It's like, that they are quite fun characters to to see what happens, you know. Good. Yeah, it, it's out. It's on everything now, isn't it? 
Yeah, it's on Games Pass, but I wasn't going to mention that for your Xboxes. Um, but yeah, it's, I think it's on everyone bought Switch. But yep. who knows? Smart retirement. It's not enough. It's a win. Yes. Well, um, Detroit was on PlayStation Plus this last month. David Cage. Um, I don't know. Like, I'm sure I'm, you're not meant to like Detroit. I'm sure there's like people <laughs> will are quite negative about it. But I thought it was a fun enough game. Like, I've been very sick this week, so I've had lots of time on my hands at home. So I finished it within a day or two. So... <laughs> What's your well? What's your past? See, this is the thing. The David Cage. This is the David Cage question. What's your past? Have you done Heavy Rain? Have you done Beyond Two Souls? I've played Heavy Rain um, way back, probably when it was free on. You get Heavy Rain. I was gonna say you get Heavy Rain with that edition of Detroit, don't you? Because it's the special edition of Detroit. Yes, it, it did download. I wasn't expecting. I hit download, and then it just started downloading like four things. I don't want it. <laughs> yeah. I think I got Heavy Rain free with PlayStation Plus back in the day with PS3. Well, now you got it. Now you got it again. Um, PS4. Yep. <laughs> and and I played it with my wife back then. Um, we played it together because it is an interactive movie, effectively. Mm. But this one I played by myself, and I thought it was quite interesting. Um, it was it wore its message on its sleeve. It wasn't trying to be too subtle with some of its theme theming. Mm. That's fine. Um, I didn't have issue with that. Uh, Good characters, I felt. Yeah, I agree. Like I thought the characters quite interesting. Uh, there were a few times I felt it was a little unfair, and it just suddenly made things. I cheated once, uh, it like out of nowhere. It just the decision didn't seem to be represent the the outcome, mm. and so I was like, "Nah, reset." <laughs> because um, it yeah the, the, it wasn't clear what the, the outcome was going to be or the decision and it yeah so I kind of recheated once on that <laughs> um, but other than that I thought it was interesting I like to see the branching past at the end of each chapter and like the potential for other outcomes but will you replay it no. under a different guy no because no. I won't be rem- uh, well no I think I'll remember what I did choose but I felt I chose what was honest for me, and I think playing a game would just feel weird. See, I know there's a, a a collective of people that are like that. Basically, the company's games, and it's basically if you start to finish, that's me, and at the end, that's that's my tale, and I'm like I'm no doing it again because that tale was shaped to me in my personal journey, and I don't want to taint that <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. It's half the cast lie dead. <laughs> well exactly like i don't i don't see i'd be curious to see some of the other things um as you sit as you sit and go into youtube right what happens if i search this can i find the video that shows me these outcomes <laughs> yeah now see i'm not even that interested in, in doing that <laughs> it's too much effort yeah. you know what i mean i'll sit and play my grpg and focus on the winning the accents you know what i mean don't worry we're fine <laughs> but it's yeah, like I, I'm, I was more curious at seeing that the, the other branches, and it's kind of cool to see how much the chapters evolve. Like some of the later chapters, they are, are quite wide the branching paths from the, what I can tell, mm. and so I think that's an interesting thing. 
but I also think, how would you get there? Because I just felt like this was the only way. And so I don't know if that's because the way I think or the way they want you to go. It, I'm not 100% sure, but it it was it's interesting. But I don't care necessarily about going and seeing those, if that makes sense. No. Well, they're like, again, like I was saying at the kind of start, about the kind of the cyber pilot price of a movie kind of thing, you know what I mean? It's kind of... You've got your you've got your your two pence worth. Of it. I know it's slightly different because it was only PS Plus and stuff. But you've kind of earned, you've done it your time. You've enjoyed your tale, and you've kind of took away from it what you take away from it. And I think that's it. Kind of it served its purpose, you know. Will it linger in your mind? Probably not. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but for what it's worth, I think it, it was okay. You're either you're either in the mood for these kind of games, or you're not in the mood for these kind of games. And I think that kind of shapes a lot of it as well, you know. Yeah, um, that's exactly it. It's it is loose on the gameplay. Um, I do appreciate the use of the touchpad <laughs> in the in mm. the controls because no one else does use it except for an extra button. But it's, um, yeah, it, it's about story, and that's kind of what I've been into more recently. Is is the story of of games and. The, the tale they can tell even if i don't necessarily enjoy the story or agree with the the morals or that's not the point it's more i'm just enjoying the story uh, for what it is and that's exactly what this game was for it's to tell a story and a message about the robots our, are our friends our humans which way did you go did you finish it Oh, Christ, it was ages ago I did it. I got the woman killed, I remember that point. Yeah. Uh, we were escaping. I just remember we were trying to escape a border, and some guy shouted, and I turned back, and there was a, a really quick choice, and I chose wrongly, and she got shot. Yes. And I went, I just re- I just remember the ones I kill. It's like, until dawn. You always remember the ones you... you the, <laughs> the ones we lost. It's like a black and white montage. You know, like the, you know, the Oscars? <laughs> And it's just like it just shows you, it shows you all these poor characters that have uh, died because of your stupidity. Or my personal favourite, your slow time or reading. That's my favourite cause of death. I was slow reading. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that I was going to say as well, just on just on the back of that, um, are you of any excitement for the super massive next game, the Man of Medan? Which is part of the the dark anthology that's coming the end of this month. I saw that just advertised the other day. Um, it's an interesting idea. It's a collection of four horror games set in different genres. Um, I swear to God, I haven't interviewed one of the devs. Um, where where each game is a different take so like one's a zombie flick one will be a teen slasher one will be a psychological thriller possibly do you know what I mean and uh, each one's kind of got a Hollywood star so the first one has Sean Ashmore of Iceman of the X-Men fame and of Quantum Break fame yeah Quantum Break was okay Uh, Um, well that brings us on to control as well can't wait for control. It's the end of this month as well. Yes. And it's not stuck with the Xbox. True, but it might be going to Epic Store on the PC I hear. But don't tell anybody. 
because they're all going to cry. I think the news that uh, Death Stranded might be on the Epic Store is the best news ever because that's just going to make so many people cry. So dumb. But anyway, back to Man and My Dan. Yeah, see, I'm not, I'm not much of a horror person in general. Like, I don't... I don't do horror games. Have you played Until Dawn? Yeah. I, I played yeah. that with... It's, a, it's, it's the same people, is it, making this one? Y- yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so I might, might be somewhat interested. Again, I played Until Dawn with my wife, and she really enjoyed it. She's not, she's not a game person in general, but she enjoyed mm. experiencing the interactive TV show that it was. So it could be something she might be interested in, but... In general, I don't go for horror. It's not my cup of tea. Hmm. Oh, it's just because, like I say, it's the kind of next kind of Detroit style yeah, game. Yeah, the pick, a, on the the pick a path I think of. type experience. Yep, who died because I couldn't read fast enough. <laughs> um, but yeah, it seemed for us. Well, I played it. <laughs> I played a demo last year at an event, and um, I had one of the main characters become a zombie within the first five minutes. Yep, I'm doing it right. I'm doing it right. <laughs> I don't even know what I did, but I think I chose to not open my door. No, I chose not to save him, and he became a zombie. Fantastic. I don't even, it, it, it did, it, there was no preset to this. It was basically you and a guy in a boat, and then all of a sudden this guy gets dragged, and you've got the choice to save him or not, and I didn't like the sweater he was wearing, and I went, you're dying, and then he came back as a zombie to get me. Did, oh, well. did he get you, or did you survive um the demo no the demo ends yeah. it's like it, 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 that was the reveal was that your choice has made this man a zombie if you know what i mean and i think it ends by like it's darkness and you're kind of squinting to look down this corridor on the ship and a light bulb flickers and then you just see him diving at you and you're like oh, you got me there i'm sitting inside an expo hall with hundreds of thousands of people and i jump <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. rookie you goddamn rookie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, I, it's definitely on my radar. I, I kind of fancy it. I think the guys know what they're doing, if you know what I mean. Um, and they do sound like they kinda, they're kind of they up for this episode. It's, again, it's another, it's another question as well. Instead of being a, a full Buna title beginning to start, it's, it's an episodic one, you know, which mm. I think might work for them. Because technically they're pitching it as each game is in itself its own movie if that's the kind of do you know what I mean like that's the kind of vein they're going for do you know what yep. I mean so I, I'm, I'm intrigued to see having seen what Hitman can do and stuff with episodic content it'll be interesting to see what these guys can do with it. but then like I say they're all going to be I'm assured that they're all standalone and there's not a major linking path between them it's more like kind of Tales of the Crypt I think yep. I kinda, there'll be an overarching it's the brand and the, the style yeah. rather than story so yeah so this first yeah. one that's just the first one but this is not like you yes, buy so it and you get the rest in due course i think if you buy the dark trilogy anthology like if you went to shop and buy it you'll basically it's kind of like telltale games yeah. you'll you'll buy the disc and it'll basically be a digital key that gets you the season pass and you'll be able to play man of Medan, and then the next ones will come you'll get them for free I don't know if you'll be able to buy Man of Medan free free itself digitally. 
Aye, okay. Like you can with Telltale Games, because now like Telltale Games, you can if you really want, you can buy episode four of The Walking, like the the fourth episode yep. in that season, because I like jumping in at the fourth episode. That's what I do. <laughs> um, so it's um, I don't know. It's it's again, it's the end of the month, so it's something else to be looking forward to. I think if you're into that whole. It's not really the time of year to release a scary game. You know what I mean? It's like it's no, it's not October. Yeah, I don't know. Well, there's the right time yeah. of the year to release a scary game. I guess as you just said October. October. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's when Luigi's Luigi's Haunted at Mansion Three is releasing on Halloween. Come on. <laughs> Followed four days later by Ghostbusters Remastered. <laughs> there you go. I've got the branding they- right. They they're on they they're on the pulse. Don't, don't you worry. Nintendo. It's the best. Uh, that they probably blocked out. Although what you might find is they might release the next episode in October, but I think that might be a bit tight. Yeah, maybe for. And maybe we might have more the, of a the, Halloween theme because zombies. Uh, they might go a little. Oh, well, I'm a, oh, I say, I, I said it's, it's a ghost ship tale. You know what I mean? It's a tale of ghost ship, but it could be. A, Spectral entity possessing uh, okay. something. I don't know. As long as Sean Ashmore gets it, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess that's the game. I don't need to talk about Borderlands. Everyone knows about Borderlands. You shoot things and your guns don't have legs. Not yet. <laughs> yeah. Third one's coming. And Ooh. as a. Well, yeah, I've just been playing it with my son. We've been coughing through it. Did you. Think about going back and doing the new DLC for Borderlands 2 prior to Borderlands 3 being released? Um, well, we're going to play Borderlands 2 after we play the pre-sequel. Right. So I assume you'll pick up that free DLC on your platform of choice? Probably. Um, I don't know. If you understand, it kind of bridges the gap. It kind of bridges the gap. Basically, the game's that old that folk have forgot. <laughs> yeah. But apparently it sets up, it sets up the scene for... Borderlands free, yeah. Um, nothing to really write home about with the the pre sequel. It's dead Australian that game in it. It's like the pre sequel. Yeah, it's because it was made by an Australian dev. Yeah. When it? it was two K. I don't want to say Bondi because that's Rockstar in it that had the Bondi studio. Um, but, um, I should, yeah, I don't know where the Melbourne two K Melbourne maybe. We'll say yeah. Sydney. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's we'll say Outback. <laughs> That's it covers everything. Uh, yeah, it's copyright. A lot of Australian accents, and my biggest issue: it's a loot shooter, shoot and loot. But like everybody loves a looter, a looter shooter. But you never, you just don't get like new guns often enough. Like I was talking to my son about it. Like, well, but is that not a good thing? See, this is the you, thing. This is the thing I would argue with Borderlands. You, you get so many guns. It becomes pointless. Well, yeah, but you're still getting heaps of guns. But there's nothing ever new. Like we got, we finally got good guns. Like okay, we're quite powerful. But now we're getting to the point where our guns aren't powerful enough. But we're just not getting anything that's anywhere close to what we have. So it's kind mm. of it's pointless. Yeah, like you're just shooting and it's just picking up stuff to go sell, and just, we're just accumulating money, like. See, I wish they did a mod or something, or an in-game actually, an option where you could go, every gun I pick up, unless it's more powerful than the gun I have equipped, scrap for cash. Yeah, see, that would... 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but, that'd be good. Because uh, that would streamline it so easy, wouldn't it? Because instead of having to sit there, because I know you can go in and you can mark guns to sell and stuff, but you really just want to tell the game, look, if the gun's better than what I've got, and then when you pause the game to check your stats and you've maybe got four guns, you can go, okay, right, which one do I want? And you can instead of going, right, I've got 18, 19 guns here. What gun's the best gun? And it's like, oh, I've no good time. Again, we're back to the time, into the time management thing, because I can't be bothered sitting going through every minutian start on a weapon. Yep. It's like, oh, what does it do? I don't know. And the worst thing is, just want me shoot because the, that's its charm and its flaw, I think, with Borderlands, is that the guns are very different and they have their own quirks. And you, the mm. one of the frustrating things is you'll bust out a gun and the stats will look good. Like, you pull it out and you're like, yeah. And so then you equip it and you go to shoot it and it has this real weird quirk that you didn't know about. <laughs> like, shoots the whole clip <laughs> instantly. And so you're reloading all the time. And so it's just, yeah. So that, it's good, but I'm finding it, it feels like you just want to get a new gun from time to time and it just doesn't seem to be happening. Despite getting all the guns, we're not getting anything new that's fun. Yeah. So I think... Okay, it's a hard... The, it's a, it's a hard one to kind of. It's a hard one to do. To balance, it? yeah. It's just the, it's just the joys. Of it. I suppose the argument then becomes as your vault hunters' powers kind of counterbalance that, aren't they? Because they're always growing and becoming more powerful than what your weapons are, aren't they? Um, oh, I can't remember. It's a long time since I played. Pre sequels get the woman with the shield. Yes, that's it? what I'm playing as, and my son's yeah. the claptrap. So mm. it. it so it's like the, the oxygen has no point to him except he can use it to heal me quicker uh, which is a nice because he doesn't need it oxygen. need oxygen but yeah the oxygen's a nice idea it's not really used that well it's just really another ring slot a way to add in more perks or abilities mm. uh, it's just like Dark Souls 2 they added an extra ring slot mm-hmm. I always felt the pre-sequel fell into that um the, the, in, in, the, in the Batman universe you know how Arkham Origins yeah. was always seen as the, the bastard child because it, um, it wasn't done by Rocksteady I always think the pre-sequel falls into that category it's kind of like it's a great game and a good game in its own right but it's not made by the right guys you know I mean it's, it's no it's good but it's not as good no no there's, just because it's not got that name on the front cover doesn't mean it's a bad game. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Other people can make... like It's not a tribute. You know, it's not like this is the greatest game ever kind of thing, you know what I mean? But it's it's they deserve their own merit, I think. I think that's the danger with a series as well, isn't it? In, in some respects, they're like, oh, well, we can do this and we can do that, but then they're kind of like, oh, but you forget how the fan base will work. Kind of like with like, Fallout Syndrome as well, isn't it? How Vegas was made by Obsidian. And it kind of stands out as one of the better games in the series whereas the Bethesda ones always end up being a bit <laughs> yeah, janky mess yep. um, but I suppose that's just the that's just the way of the game isn't it yeah there, there, there's always some truth in the difference but sometimes it is just we get hung up on names at times mm. and so we associate better with certain names we're a fickle fickle group of yes people. we are I think we've talked well long enough today. <laughs> yes, the cows have come home and the cows have died of old age. And the rooster roosting. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, so why don't you tell us where we can find you? Thank you again for joining me and joining us. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Not a problem. Where can we find you? Um, you can find me on a small, small part of a big island. No, kidding. Um, you can find me on Twitter, mainly, uh, under Fury AC and the number three. And you can find my chicken scrap writings over at Codec Moments website in a little section called Scotch Corner, which is usually up every Sunday. Although this week, because I'm on holiday, it won't go up till probably Tuesday. But it does have two interviews with Wolfenstein developers and my full thoughts and views as if you needed them on, on Youngblood and Cyberpilot. Nice. So... Yeah, that's 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 the best place to find me. I'm also furious on all your platforms of choice as well. PlayStation, Nintendo, friend code, garbage, blah, blah, blah. And stuff like that. Very cool. Okay, thank you. Um, that wraps us up. Uh, you can find this podcast at Dark Insight Pod on Twitter or darkinsight.net on the website. Um, and I think that's about it. And I'm Vader Van Odin, most everywhere. Um, all right, I guess we'll say bye. Catch you. See you later.